It's great to hear from Todd and from the others this past summer, just to hear what the Psalms mean to them. And it's, uh, it's good to be here today. I've been away for a couple of weeks, and I tell you what, I mean, you leave for a couple of weeks, and I'm like, Scott, you know, just take care of everything. And I come back, and this is what's here. So it's uh, just never know. And uh, so, but it's, it is good to be back, and good to be here with you all. And we are very excited about, uh, about VBS and um, the kids and, and the adults who will be participating all week. And so uh, we want to say a prayer, and I'm going to say, uh, I'm not going to redo or reread the 103rd Psalm, because Todd did it, and it's a little bit lengthy, so I won't, uh, we won't read that over again. But I do want us to, to open up now with prayer. God, we thank you so much for this morning, and we uh, thank you for this opportunity that we have today and tonight and um, the other evenings of this week to remember the importance of our children, the importance, as you say, Lord, for our faith to be like that of a child. And there is no better reminder of that than simply being around children. And so I pray that you would be with all of our kids this week, God. That those who are a part of this community already, Lord, and those who are outside of this community, that they would come and that they would know and experience the love of God. We pray as well, God, that for all of the adults who are leading, we thank you, God, for those who have put so much hard work into this already and those who will continue to do so in the days ahead. We pray for strength and for energy and for wisdom for them as well. Lord, we thank you for the Psalms. We thank you for the ways that they speak to us deeply and in intimate ways, the ways that so often, Lord, they express what perhaps we don't always know how to put into words. And we pray, God, that on this day, the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. So, as I said, we've been out of town for a couple of weeks, and it's been just a great opportunity. Uh, Megan and I uh, had the uh, had the blessing of of, um, of of depositing our children with her parents and uh, and going up to Chicago for a few days and meeting with a, a pastor friend of ours up there and, and that was great and then we and we took off and we we went down and we're in uh, Georgia and Tennessee and uh, and then all the way up to Pennsylvania so that we could do a wedding and it was great and, and one of the things that I loved was kind of um, getting away from you all and um, uh, which was kind of weird because then I was in Georgia and we uh, in North Georgia and we stopped off at a rest area, and sure enough, there was a ZPC couple there uh, who, had, who had followed us the whole way down. It was really, um, no, they said they weren't doing that, but uh, it was, it was kind of random. So you just never know uh, where ZPC is going to be. So always be on your best behavior, okay? And um, so it was great. But one of the things that happened is two Sundays ago, um, I was actually in town, but I wasn't on duty. And so um, I decided not to come in here. Um, uh, because I knew if I came here on a Sunday morning that I'd be kind of on duty in one way or another. And, and, and really, I kind of love having Sundays to be able to just go and visit a, a neighboring church, a church that, you know, perhaps I, I, I've heard about but haven't been able to visit. And so, uh, and so I did. I, I won't say which one I went to, but I, I kind of snuck in. You know, I had the glasses and the big nose and the mustache so that nobody knew who I was. And I just kind of went in and I had all the questions 
um, that, 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 that we oftentimes have when we go into a place. And so, you know, of course, I, I kind of went in as a pastor and I, I kind of wondered, you know, uh, will anybody say anything to me? And how will I be welcomed? And, and what do the donuts taste like? And, and what's the music like? And, and, and how will the, the preacher proclaim the word on that day? And, and is anyone noticing that I've taken four of the aforementioned donuts and I'm now running out the door? These, these were the kinds of things I was curious about. And it was, it was, it was really, it was great. I mean, I had a great experience and, um, it, you know, it's, it's just, it's kind of weird being a pastor and, and visiting a church. And, and even if, you, if you've been a longtime member, just to go to another church and just see how they do things. And as I was kind of reflecting on that, I was reminded of, a, of, of an article that I had read several years ago now. I'd been in, I was in Seattle and um, visiting my, uh, my in-laws, and uh, we, uh, I went to this coffee shop that I love to go to, and I was in the coffee shop, and there was this newspaper in there. And I didn't know much about this newspaper, but it, was a, it wasn't like the Seattle uh, Post-Intelligencer. It, uh, it was called The Stranger. And it's an independent newspaper. And as you might imagine, for an independent newspaper in Seattle, um, they weren't real high on things like, well, they may have been real high, but not on things like, like institutions um, or bureaucracy um, or the Christian religion at all. And so it was kind of fascinating. I, I, I just, you know, it was free. So I just kind of started thumbing through it. And, and I came upon this fascinating article about churches. Now, I didn't know exactly what they were going to say, though I had some kind of idea, and, and they had decided that they were going to go out and start visiting churches. And so, uh, I, I, I have the article still, and so I, I want to read to you the beginning of that. It says, Seattle is godless. We are rather famously one of the least churched cities in North America. It seems that most of us have better things to do on a Sunday morning than go to church. Seattleites would rather take a hike or nurse a hangover or fire up the bong. We're just not that into him. But look around. There are churches near everywhere in this town. Old churches, new churches, mega churches, mini churches, and just what, we wondered, is going on in all those churches. What are they saying? What are they doing? What are they plotting? Last weekend, we sent 30 writers into 30 houses of worship to find out. We packed a month's worth of worship into a single day so that we could report back to you, our readers, about just what the Seventh-day Adventist, the Presbyterians, the Methodists, the Catholics, and the Jesus freaks at Mars Hill are up to. We also snuck into a mosque, a synagogue, and SeaTac's meditation room. We took a look inside their sanctuaries. We took in their sermons. We took communion, and we took notes. The stranger gets religion. It's a miracle. And as I thought about that and, and about my visit last Sunday, or two Sundays ago, I should say, I, I began to wonder, of course, about what it's like to kind of visit. And, and what would it be like if, if a stranger 
were to come in here and visit us at ZPC? And, and even more, what would it be like if a skeptical stranger, like from the stranger, were to come in and visit us? And what kind of questions, I wonder, should we be asking? Some of them we've already been asking, really. Questions like, you know, when we've talked about this plenty, is anyone there to greet them? Are, are we there to welcome them? Or, 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 or do we prefer to just simply kind of stay with our own? Uh, um, um, do we have, you know, donuts that are, that are tasty and are free for folks? And, and what's it like when they come in here? Is this, a, is this a good place? Is it a good place for us to worship? What's the music like? And is it good quality? What's the, what's the sermon like? All of those things, which, which are important for visitors, I think. But, but perhaps even more important is the question of, of what kind of, of message is it? that people are receiving about ZPC when they come in. And perhaps even more importantly, what message is it that people are receiving about God when they come in here? And if we were to ask somebody, a visitor, a stranger, a skeptic, before they came in here, how do you view God? How do you describe God? Would it be any different after having come in here and then leaving? Would they have a different understanding of who God is after having worshiped with us here at ZPC? And as I was thinking about that, I realized that in many ways, the 103rd Psalm is the exact Psalm that I would want them to hear. That that it is the message that I would want them to know when they began to leave. Because as Todd said, it is a kind of a list, a litany of who God is. Did Did you hear everything about God? That God is the one who forgives. He's the one who heals, the one who satisfies, the one who renews, the one who brings righteousness and justice, who is compassionate and slow to anger. He is the one who is abounding in love and whose love is eternal. God is like a father who cares for his child. He doesn't treat us as we deserve. He removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. Now, this is a a pretty powerful, all-encompassing message about who God is. And even though the word grace is not ever in the Old Testament, the reality, as one scholar has said, is that this is the amazing grace of the Old Testament. And all too often, I think, people kind of look at the Old Testament and they think, well, that's a God who's kind of, who's kind of angry, a God who's full of wrath, and, and that the New Testament is a God full of, of love and grace. The reality is that this 103rd Psalm kind of blows that out of the water. The reality is the God of the Old Testament, as we see in the 103rd Psalm, is one who is full of compassion and love and grace and who cares for us like a father cares for his children. And it's a message, of course, that we at ZPC want everyone to know. And we see that at the end of the 103rd Psalm, and Todd even talked about this a little bit, that, that who is it that's supposed to praise God? It says the heavens should praise God, the angels should praise God, and all of the works of God should give him praise. Who are the works of God? We are which means our desire should be to convey the message to everyone about who God is and that they should be praising God. Now, that's a pretty simple message to give. But the problem is it's oftentimes hard for us to really convey that message effectively. 
Let someone could come in and you could just say, hey, you know what? Uh, God is full of love and compassion and forgives everything. And they might say, okay, great. But, uh, but they may not really take the message to heart. And so one of the questions then for us is, how do we really help people to see this? How do we really help people to understand and to catch the vision of who God is? How do we not just tell them, but, but how do we help them to embrace and to experience that kind of love? So as I continued to think about that, I was reminded again of this, of this article in The Stranger. And you may have heard, I, ho- I hope you did, hopefully it stands out to you a little bit, as I was reading through the, the churches, that one of them was a Presbyterian church. So I was, of course, kind of nervous about that because, I mean, who knows what they're going to say. And again, here's skeptics. So I decided I would start not by reading about the Presbyterian church, but all the others. And as I read about all the other churches, the the Lutherans, the non-denoms, all the others, and this is nothing about them in particular, but but quite frankly, the, the reviews were not raving at all. And just as you might expect for a very critical, skeptical person, they came in and they found lots of holes. It was, it was kind of scary. And so finally, I decided that I would read the Presbyterian one. I knew it was going to be ugly. And so, I, 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 and then I looked, and sure enough, not only was it a Presbyterian church, but it was Bethany Presbyterian Church. And Bethany Presbyterian Church is one I, I really like. It's one I worshiped at. It's up on Queen Anne Hill, if anyone knows where Queen Anne Hill, and it actually sits right across the street from an El Diablo uh, coffee company, which of course means the devil, right? Well, they, they, have a, they do have a mean cafe con leche, though, if you're ever interested, so... So there I was, and it was actually in that coffee shop where I was reading this article. And so it begins, and let me share with you exactly what it says. It says two things. This was the, this was the, the, um, the, the, uh, the the critic, if you will, two things he said worried me, how to dress and the dread of singing. Dress is not normally a dilemma, nor is singing, but in this instance, both were concerns. I craved anonymity. I felt sneaky about attending a church service as a detached observer. I wanted, to paraphrase King Lear, to take upon myself the mystery of things as if I were one of God's spies. This would require a modicum of invisibility and no singing. I checked the Bethany website. And there was a picture of some people sitting in pews. They appeared to be casually dressed. Good. I could wear my jeans and running shoes. As for singing, yes, there would be singing, lots of singing. And as soon as I arrived and selected a pew toward the rear of the chapel, strategically situating myself close to the aisle in case my morning coffee caught up with me a little sooner than expected, a kind woman with a welcoming smile handed me a circular. Isn't that funny what someone else will call that? A circular with the morning's program, neatly printed on it. And there they were, hymns. Open the eyes of my heart. You are my all in all and Christ alone. The magnitude of devotion in the hymns was daunting. But when the time came to get up and sing, I stood. My voice emerged from its lair and blended with the other voices. Everyone was singing. I mean, everyone. 
The Presbyterians were emphatic about participation. The prompting was warm and welcome, but impossible to ignore. And earlier in the program, everyone was urged to get up and greet the people sitting nearby. The sense of community was acute. The detachment I had brought with me and was so carefully trying to preserve detached and hung around my ankles as I arose to sing, open the eyes of my heart. Now that's a pretty fascinating review. In fact, later on, I would go back and I, I read the pastor, uh, his, his comments on the fact that someone had come. He didn't know someone was going to come. And, and he pointed out that really there were only one or two out of all the reviews that were at all unscathing, this being one of them. And one of the things that fascinated me about what this person put was how much it paralleled the 103rd Psalm. First, of course, he says that they were singing, that they were giving praise. That's not the word he used, but that's what they were doing. They were giving praise to God, just as the 103rd Psalm says to. Then, who was it that was giving him praise? Who was it that was singing? Everyone, right? And remember, he emphasized the fact that stood out to him, that it wasn't just two or three. It wasn't just the the, the person who was up here singing, who was leading with the guitar. It was which is exactly what the psalmist said. Everyone needs to stand up and sing. Not only that, then he talked about the fact that they were all encouraged to get up. And this is exactly what the psalmist is saying. He is encouraging everyone. He is saying, get up. He is saying, sing. He is saying, praise the Lord. This was not, this particular Presbyterian church was not a sit back. It was not a, hey, we'll let you go up there and you lead and we'll just sit back and listen and watch and kind of look around as people are greeting other people. It says, no, this is a church that says we are going to live out the 103rd Psalm. We are going to embody it, not just listen to it, not just think about it, not just reflect upon it. We are going to embody it. And what happened when they decided to embody the 103rd psalm. This stranger, this outsider, this visitor could not help but stand up and start singing the songs that they were singing. He could not help but get up and begin to give praise to God. He could not help but get up and start fulfilling what the psalmist had said to do. Now, I'm not suggesting that this skeptic who came in all of a sudden is a follower of God, but I am suggesting to you that he was changed because of the fact that everyone around him was singing praises to God. He was changed because of the reality that everyone, not just a few people, were giving praise to God. He realized that he was a part of a unique community that was about more than itself. And there was something that drew him in and could not keep him from standing up and all of a sudden singing songs he surely did not know. And that is something for us to hear. I want you to know 
this morning, sisters and brothers in Christ, that it is important when someone comes in through these doors that we have somebody who is there to greet them. I want you to know it is important when people come in here that they are given a warm welcome and that they are up here and they are able to hear songs and that we have a good guitarist in John who sings wonderfully, amen? John, sorry, amen? It is important that when we come in here that we have delicious free donuts to give people. Amen? That was less of an amen than you got. Don't worry about it. It is important when people come in here that they're able to hear the word of God proclaimed, that they're able to participate in the Lord's Supper. But I want you to know it is as important, in fact, it is more important that when people come in, they are able to experience a body that is praising God with all of their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And that means more than just standing up and listening to someone else sing. That means you stand up and you proclaim the word of God. You stand up and you sing forth praises because the psalmist has called us to and God is worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Because you never know. You never know who the stranger is who might be in your midst and needs to know whether or not he can believe the words that he's seeing printed up here, whether or not he can believe the words that are being sung behind a microphone. And one of the ways that people begin to believe and catch that vision is when there are those who are gathered around him who say, we stand up and we are going to proclaim what God has done in our lives. And I think there are more and more of us in this church as good Presbyterians, Presbyterians so often who are called the what? The frozen chosen, right? That's nothing new. You've heard that before. Well, it's the first time. Well, congratulations. Glad to help. Presbyterians, the Reformed tradition of which we are a part, says that we are participants in worship. And a part of that means that we worship together. Now, I realize there might be some of you, and I had to say this especially to the 9 o'clock service, the 1030, you guys did a much better job. But there are some of you for whom it may be difficult. You don't feel like praising God. And I'm not here to say, hey, let's fake this, you know, fake it until you make it kind of thing. I I don't really believe that. But I also don't think that we need to just be content with with just coming in and saying, you know, it's been a hard week or, you know, I'm kind of tired or I'm trying to kind of get my energy saved for for VBS all week. What, What you need to remember is how this psalm begins. How does this psalm begin? Praise the Lord, O my soul, or bless the Lord, O my soul. What what is that? What What is the psalmist doing? He is telling himself to start praising, which probably means what? He didn't feel like it. Right? I mean, think about this. When we want Shaughnessy to clean up her room, what do we have to tell her to do? Clean up her room. When we want Shaughnessy to eat a bowl of ice cream, what do we have to do? Nothing. She just eats that ice cream. But we have to oftentimes tell ourselves to do things that we do not want to do. 
And it seems to me the psalmist is beginning this by saying, praise the Lord. I don't care if I don't feel like it. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. And what does he do to get himself in the mood? He starts describing everything that God is. He starts remembering everything that God has done for him. He starts remembering how God has been compassionate, the ways that God has forgiven him, the ways that God has loved him as a father has loved a child. So that at the very end, what does he say to kind of finish it all out? Praise the Lord, oh my soul. And your homework for this week And I gave the nine o'clock, they had to do double duty. You guys just half. I want you to come up with at least five things. And if you can, try to come up with more of ways this week where God has provided, where God has loved you, where you have sensed God's compassion and forgiveness. Because I firmly believe, as I've said before, and will continue to say, that if you will do that throughout the week, if you will worship in that way throughout the week, when you come back in here, our worship as a community will be different. Because you will not be able to come in here and think about all those things that God has done for you for the week and then stand up and say, great job, let's just listen to John or this person next to me who's incredibly off key and we don't really have to proclaim and sing. No, you will come in here and you will be excited to give God the praise that he deserves. And here's what you should know, that as you do that, and as the brother and sister next to you begins to do that, you very well might have a stranger in your midst, a skeptic perhaps, who cannot but help because of the fact that you have decided to stand up and give praise to God. He might not be able to help but stand up and begin to sing as well, who very well, by the time he starts walking out of this building, Start singing to himself, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. We never know when we begin to sing God's praises who it is who is in our midst who may need to hear that message of the loving and forgiving and generous and compassionate God. Amen? Are we willing to stand and sing, bless the Lord, O my soul? Well, then what are you waiting for? Let's stand up and John will lead us in that. There's no hand motions for this one, so you don't have to worry about that.
All right, sisters and brothers in Christ, we have three pieces of homework.